Hey everybody, this is Pastor Court Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Um, today's been a, uh, it's just been a, a heavy time, and I have sought the Lord, and I'm continually, even in this moment, seeking the Lord as to what uh, I would say today and what I would what I would bring forth uh, today in Bible study. And the Lord led me to the book of Psalms, which is um, such a great, a great uh, book. And it's a, it's a book of songs. We, we call it Psalms, but it's a book of songs, poetry, poems, love letters to the Lord, and not only love letters, but just letters in general written to the Lord uh, on behalf of not only David, King David wrote most of the Psalms, but also his chief musicians and several other poets uh, from that time frame, writing songs that the children of Israel would sing at times of, of feast and at times of, uh, uh, in, in times of different kind of ceremonial moments. They would sing these songs and psalms, and many of these, many people in that time knew these songs and psalms by heart. Um, and there was a part of the, the family tradition. It was a part of their religious tradition. It was a part of their life, part of what they did. And, uh, and, but it also is, is, is very revealing. The book of Psalms is very, um, what I like about Psalms is that it's, it's right where you, you live. And it's, it's not all up. It's not all down. And it's not all on the mountaintop. And it's not all in the valley. It is from the book of Psalms that we glean uh, one of the most used scriptures in all of Christendom, and that is, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That psalm stands out to me uh, this morning because over the last uh, four to five days, we have walked through the valley of the shadow of death here at Truth Chapel. We've lost several members. And um, there are families connected to this church that have lost family. I know Sister Lorna Keys lost her brother this week unexpectedly. And there is numerous others that this week alone we've experienced great loss and tragedy. So when I read the book of Psalms and I read, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's what we need today. That's what I need today. A comfort from the Lord. A touch from the Lord. Um, when you don't have answers, you seek comfort. And, 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 and when I think about uh, that, that concept of answers versus comfort, um, you know, we, I see that in, in so many places in our, in our society that when people don't have answers, they seek comfort. And so... If I don't have answers and I, and I don't know and I'm, I'm, I'm struggling and I'm trying to figure it out, I go to my place of comfort. And, and some people, that comfort is uh, maybe a wine bottle or maybe a, a couch in front of a TV. It, it could be a, a Netflix binge all the way to heroin. 
But we all find comfort in something. You know, we, we look for that comfort, what, what is comfortable. Who, who are the people that I want to be around when I want comfort? Where's the place that I want to be when I want comfort? People that are in hospitals and people that are, that are hurting, you know, as soon as they're able to, they say, I, I want to go home. You know, I want to get out of this, I, I want to get out of this hospital because I want to go home because I want to be, I want to be comfortable. And I can be comfortable there and we, we seek that comfort. And David writes in Psalms 23, and, and that's not really what my whole lesson's about today, but, but I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm laying a little foundation here. He, he writes in Psalms 23 and he says, uh, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod and thy staff, they, they comfort me. Even though I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, your rod and your staff, which is what the shepherd would use as a defense mechanism. It was not only a guide, but it was also something that was used uh, abrasively, something that was used in a, you know, in a way of protection, uh, something that may even be used to put the sheep back into the fold, but it was a comfort to, it was a comfort to the, the writer of this psalm was, he said, that, that comforts me, the, the abrasiveness of your rod and your staff. As long as I can see that you have your rod and staff, I, there's a comfort there. And today I am seeking that comfort in my own mind, in my own spirit. And I know that there are many in this room today that are privy to things and you are seeking that rod and staff as well, that comfort. I want to read for you today a, a, a couple Psalms that you may not be familiar with. Psalms 23 is, is uh, very familiar. Psalms 150 is very familiar. And um, Psalms 100, very familiar. But when we talk about different Psalms, it, you know, we don't always read them because a lot of times we're only hearing what a preacher is preaching or we're only, you know, hearing what a, what a, a teacher may be sermonizing on. And so we know that scripture because it's overly sermonized. Maybe we overly talk about it. We overly teach on it because it's, it's valuable. And there's some Psalms that we just, we just don't, we just don't know that even exist because we don't read through them in this manner. But I want to read for you some Psalms today and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to read for a little while if that's okay. I, I, I don't really feel a time constraint in this moment. So I want to just read for you. There's comfort in reading the word. So let me read for you Psalms 87, if you'll put that up for me. Psalms 87. He says this in Psalms 87, his foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God, Selah. I will make mention of Rahab and Babylon to them that know me. Behold, Philistia and Tyre with Ethiopia. This man was born there. And of Zion it shall be said, this and that man was born in her. And the highest himself shall establish her. The Lord shall count when he writeth up the people that this man was born there, Selah. As well the singers as the players on instruments shall be there. All my springs are in thee. Beautiful writing and it seems almost declarative and it seems uh, on some level boastful. Like I'm, it will be said that I'm from there and, and, and all my springs are in thee and 
The foundation of God is in the mountains and the Lord loveth the gates of Zion and, and it's more beautiful and more comely than all the dwellings of Jacob. What glorious things have been mentioned. He said, I, I'll make mention of, of, of Rahab and, and we know Rahab was the harlot. I'll make mention of, uh, of Babylon. I'll make mention of Philistia and Tyre and Ethiopia. All these things that I've conquered, I will, I will make mention of them and I will say I was born there. Sounds this is, a, this is a declarative writing. It is a, it is a as the writer's writing, he's, he's declaring that people will sing of me. And the Lord shall count when he writeth up the people that this man was born there. Sounds like he's pretty high, doesn't it? Holy mountain, gates of Zion, city of God. Hmm. All my springs are in thee. All my joy comes from thee. I want to read for you one more psalm. Psalm 89. Again, these are not familiar psalms. We don't read these a whole lot. But just let me read Psalms 89. He says this in Psalms 89. He says, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shalt thou establish in the very heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant. Thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. Selah. And the heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints for who in the heaven shall be compared unto the Lord who among the sons of the mighty shall be likened unto the Lord God is great God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him O Lord of hosts who is a strong Lord like unto thee or to thy faithfulness round about thee thou rulest the raging of the sea when the waves thereof arise thou stillest them thou hast broken Rahab in pieces as one that is slain thou hast scattered thy enemies with thy strong arm the heavens are thine the earth is thine as for the world and the fullness thereof thou hast founded them the north and the south thou created them Tabar and Hermon shall rejoice in thy name Thou hast a mighty arm, strong is the hand, and high is thy right hand. Justice and judgment are the, are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. In thy name shall they rejoice all the day, and thy righteousness shall they be exalted. For thou art the glory of their strength, and in thy favor our horn shall be exalted. For the Lord is our defense. Anybody thankful for that? The Lord is our defense and the Holy One of Israel is our King. Thou speakest in vision to thy Holy One and sayest, I have laid up help um, upon one that is mighty. I have exalted one chosen out of, that, uh, out of the people. I have found David my servant with my holy oil have I anointed him with whom my hand shall be established. Mine arm also shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not exact upon him nor the son of wickedness afflict him. Sounds real good to me. And I will beat down the foes before thy face <laughs> and plague them that hate him. But my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him and in my name shall his horn be exalted. I will set his hand also in the sea and his right hand in the rivers. He shall cry unto me, thou art my father, my God, and the rock 
of my salvation. Also, I will make him my firstborn, higher than the kings of the earth. My mercy will I keep for him forevermore, and my covenant shall stand fast with him. His seed also will I make to endure forever, and his throne as the days of heaven. It, if his children forsake my law and walk not in my judgments, if they break my statutes and keep not my commandments, then will I visit their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. He's speaking of himself and Jesus at the same time. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David, his seed shall endure forever. His throne is a son before me. It shall be established forever as the moon and as a faithful witness in heaven, Selah, but thou hast cast off and abhorred thou hast been wroth with thine anointed thou hast made void the covenant of thy servant thou hast profaned his crown by casting it to the ground broken down all his, his hedges thou hast brought his strongholds to ruin all that pass by the way spoil him he is a reproach to his neighbors thou hast set up the right hand of his adversaries thou hast made all his enemies rejoice thou hast turned the edge of his sword and hast not made him to stand in the battle thou hast made his glory to cease and cast his throne down to the ground the days of his youth Hast thou shortened and hast covered him with shame? Selah, how long, Lord? Will you hide your face? Or hide thyself forever? Shall thy wrath burn like fire? Remember how short my time is? Wherefore thou hast made all men in vain? What man is he that liveth and shall not see death? Shall he deliver his soul from the hand of the grave? Selah. Lord, where are thy former, former loving kindness, which thou swearest unto David in thy truth? Remember, Lord, the reproach of thy servants. How do I bear in my bosom the reproach of all the mighty people? Wherewith my, thine enemies have reproached, O Lord, wherewith they have reproached the footsteps of thine anointed. Blessed be the Lord forevermore. Amen and amen. Psalms 87 and Psalms 89 have glorious conception. Foundation, holy mountains, gates of Zion, city of God. He shall establish her. Psalms 89, the heaven shall praise thy wonders. Thy seed will you establish forever. He sworn unto me, you rule the raging seas, and I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. And with my mouth will I make known to every generation your loving kindness. You have a mighty arm and you're strong. It's 87 and 89. But there's 88. This morning, what I want to teach to you is between 87 and 89. Between 87 and 89, there's an 88. And this is why I love the book of Psalms, because it is, it's, it's, a, it's a roller coaster of emotion. It's a roller coaster of, of prayer. It's a roller coaster of, of song. It's a roller coaster of life. And we know that it's true because we are living it. 87 foundations of Zion 
89, I will sing of your love forever. The earth is yours and the fullness thereof. This is where we get these verses from. These songs that we sing. I will sing of your love forever. That's 89. You shall establish me for generations. That's 87. But 88 says, O Lord, God of my salvation, I've cried day and night before you. Let my prayer come before thee. Incline thine ear unto my cry, for my soul is full of troubles, and my life draweth nigh unto the grave. Hear my cry. My life is full of troubles, and I feel like I'm about to die. I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength. Free among the dead like the slain that lie in the grave whom thou rememberest no more and they are cut off from thy hand. I feel like, I feel like a dead man who doesn't even have your hand in his life. Thou hast laid me in the lowest pit in darkness and the deeps. The wrath lieth hard upon me. Thy wrath lieth hard upon me. And thou hast afflicted me with all thy waves. Selah. Thou hast put away mine acquaintance far from me. You, you, you secluded me. You, you, you cut me off. Thou hast made me an abomination unto them. I am shut up and I cannot come forth. Mine eye mourneth. By reason of affliction, Lord, I have called daily upon thee. I have stretched out my hands to thee. Will thou show wonders to the dead? Shall the dead arise and praise thee, Selah? Shall thy loving kindness be declared in the grave or thy faithfulness in destruction? Shall thy wonders be known in the dark and thy righteousness in the land of the forgetfulness? But unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Lord, why castest thou off my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? Why do you hide your face from me? Anybody feel that way? Sometimes. I am afflicted and I'm ready to die from my youth up. While I suffer thy terrors, I am distracted. Thy fierce wrath goeth over me. Thy terrors have cut me off. They come round about me daily like water. Thy terrors have cut me off. They come around me daily like water. I want you to picture that for a moment. The, the writer is saying that my, my fears and my terror, what, what, my anxiety, my stress, it, it cuts me off from the world daily, and when it comes on me, it's literally like I'm in water. It's, there's no space between it and me. I cannot tell where I begin and it ends. I am encompassed. It surrounds me like water. They come past me about together. Lover and friend hast thou put far from me and my acquaintance into darkness. And that's it. No Selah and no Amen.
Today I want to tell you that 88 is necessary. 88 is a part of life. 87, thank God for it. 89, I will sing of your love forever. But brothers and sisters, I want you to know that 88 is coming. 88 is here. But I also want you to know that it's okay. If you remember several months ago when I taught a series on finding Gethsemane, I read a lot of these Psalms uh, because they kind of came alive to me in a moment in my life when I was mad at God. Uh, not necessarily so, so mad as just like questioning, Lord, where, where are you? Why do you hide your face from me? Why can I talk to you, but you don't be talking back? Why is this a one-sided conversation? And, and I feel like I am alone. And my terrors, my terrors cut me off daily. My, thy terrors have cut me off. They came round about me daily like water. The Lord gave me an insight into the reality of life. And the reality of life doesn't change my perspective of God. But it does allow me the ability to question this moment. It does allow me the ability to talk to God about it in a way that I should talk to God about it. It gives me the ability to have an honest prayer, an honest moment. And say, Lord, where are you? And why are you hiding your face from me? If David could write that way, if David could sing this way, why can't I? I don't know of a song that we sing today in church that says, Lord, when I pray, it seems like you stick your fingers in your ear. Anybody know that song? Anybody know a song that we sing that says, Lord, when I'm in trouble, I can't find you. I don't, I don't, I don't remember that verse. I don't, I don't remember the choir singing, I can't find you. I can't find you. Ooh, doo-wop, I can't find you. No, I remember the choir singing, I found you. You found me. You washed me. I don't remember the choir singing, you don't talk to me. God ain't talking back. God ain't talking back. I don't remember that one. Talk all you want to, but God ain't talking back. I don't know. Maybe we could write that. Maybe we could do a whole album. And it just says, choir songs from real people by real people living real life. And we can say, Lord, when I'm crying, I feel like you laughing. Lord. But when I read the book of Psalms, that's what David's doing. David's writing, he's like, Lord, this is real. It's real. In 87, thank God for Zion. The, the foundations of the Lord are high in the mountain. In 89, I will sing of your love forever. The earth is yours and the fullness thereof. In 88, where are you? What I come to tell this church this morning is, it's okay to have an 88. Today's an 88 for me. I don't know about you, but today's an 88 for Pastor Chavis. 
I'm, 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 I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death and I, my mind's not made up totally yet if I'm going to fear evil or not. Today's in 88. It's, it's one of those days you walk through and you, and you say, how can it happen like this? And you feel like you're all alone in the darkness and you're screaming, God, where are you? And you know that he's watching because you know. You know. You know that he's available because you know. You know he can and you know he will. You know he's capable. Capability is not the problem here. It's not capability. It is will you hear the cry of your sons and daughters? Will you establish my name forever? Will you Take away the terror that swallows me up like water. I came this morning to tell you that it's okay to have an 88. It's okay to have an 88. It's okay to have a moment where you say, Lord, I feel like I'm cut off. I've lost like he said in verse 18, I've lost lover and friend and I have no acquaintance in the darkness. And I'm, I'm distracted. And in verse 15, he said, I am distracted. This is, this is, this is distracting. Here's what I want the church to hear me say today that right in the middle of revival, Right in the middle of 87 and 88, we, 87 and 89, we're going to have an 88, and this week has been an 88. But 89's coming. And 90, 91. And, 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 and ladies and gentlemen, there'll be a 150 where we will praise him, <laughs> praise him in, the, in his sanctuary, praise him in the firmament of his power, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him for his excellent greatness, praise him on the high sounding cymbal, praise him in the timbrel and the dance. 150's coming, but 88 is real too. 88 is real. The ups and downs of life are real. The pain and process of loss is real. The, the questions are real. Here's, here's what I've learned. I've learned that God can hold it. God can hold it. God can hold every question you have. God can hold every fear you have. God can hold every anger that you have. God can hold it. People can't hold that. Can I tell you that today? People can't hold that. When you, when, when you put anger on people, it's hard for people to carry that. 
When you put fear on people, it's hard for people to carry that. When you put questions on people, it's hard for people to carry that. And so we take that same concept. We don't want to put all that on anybody. I don't want to put all this on you because I don't know if you can handle it. But we take that, we reverse that, and then we bring it to God and we tell God the same thing. I don't want to put all this on God. I don't want God to feel like I'm needy. Anybody ever not prayed a prayer that you should have prayed because you felt like you didn't want God to feel like you was just being... And now that I'm saying it out loud, it sounds dumb. But in the moment, you felt like, you know what, I'm not going to say all this because I don't want God to think that I'm always just coming because I'm in trouble. I don't want always God to feel like I'm so needy. God probably thinks that I'm just a, you know, I'm just sad, just a sad little man. Because all I ever do is say, God, I don't know what to do. But can I tell you today, that's a lie from the devil. That's what the devil wants you to believe. The devil wants you to be quiet. He wants you to shut your mouth. He don't want you to ask questions. He wants you to paralyze. He wants you to be paralyzed. The devil wants you to be paralyzed and say, well, I can't talk to my wife. I can't talk to my husband. I don't want to go to pastor. He's busy. Okay? I, and, 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 and I can't talk to God because I don't want God to think I'm a floozy and that I'm crazy and that I'm flighty. And, and the devil's winning because you ain't saying nothing to nobody. The only person that you're really talking to is yourself. And that's dangerous. Because you'll convince yourself of stuff that ain't even true. And you'll make stuff up in your head that you feel is so right and you know it's wrong. You know it's wrong. But if you'll stop talking to yourself and you start talking to God, I don't care if you're screaming at him saying, God, what are you doing? Maybe God will say, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I remember when Job did that. I remember when Job, you know, because Job is more than just four chapters. There's 30-something chapters in the book of Job. And I remember in Job, I believe it's Job 30, when Job got so mad that he started telling God, God, I did this and I did that and, and it's because of this and it's because of that. And he said, God, where are you at? What are you doing? And God said, where were you when I made the earth? And Job poof, sits down in the ashes and he's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> See, but God's voice even though it was corrective and even though it was powerful and even though God sounded like he had his finger in Job's face at least he's talking because Job went 30 chapters and didn't hear a word lost kids lost loved ones lost possessions lost his manhood lost it all and for over 30 chapters God didn't say a word until Job got mad enough to say, what are you doing, God? And then God said, hey, where were you when I stretched forth the earth? Who, who do you think you are? And while most of us feel like Job should have been crying, Job was rejoicing. Why? Because he said, at least he can talk. At least he's saying something. Because after that chapter, the Bible says, and God established Job. And I see this in the book of Psalms. I see it. In, in, in 88, I see in 87, we're rejoicing. In 89, we're testifying. But in 88, we're questioning. We're saying, God, where are you? You cut me off. And why is it that when I'm crying, you're not here? And why is it that when I call your name, you don't say anything back? And, and why? Why, 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 why? And me and you have been taught, don't ask God why. You can't ask God why. But that is not biblical. That's not biblical. He's the only person you can ask why. 
He's the only one you should ask why. People ask me this week, why? I don't have an answer for why. I have no clue why. Don't we all wish we could answer the why question? I don't know why. Don't ask me why, because I don't know. But when you ask him why, he knows everything. He's my heavenly father. He's not my earthly father. I said he's my heavenly father. He's not my earthly father. You see, you, you, didn't, you, didn't, you, didn't, ask Jeff, you didn't ask Jeff Travis why. That, that, was, that was a quick way to get your tail tore up. To be asking, to be asking your earthly father why. Why, why we got to do that? Boy, did you just ask me why? Because I said so. And me and you, we're still trying to find that place. But he's not your earthly father. He's your heavenly father. He's been waiting for some of y'all to show up as mad as you want to be, but at least you showed up. As angry as you could be, but at least you're talking. You know, the Bible says that, and the Bible's very clear that Jesus is the seed of, of David, and, and David's talking in this, in this Psalms, and, and, and Jesus comes out of this, you know? J Jesus himself is, is, is boastful that I'm the son of David, you know? He, he is, he's, he's okay with be call, being called the son of David. He's totally fine with that. He's, he's clear that my lineage is, is from David. Now, in today's time, if, 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 me, if, if David was our grandpa and, and we knew all the junk that David did, we may not be so quick to be like, well, yeah, David's mine. I'm from the lineage of David. Most of us would be like, well, I, I don't, you know, David was, you know, my guy, but, you know, I don't agree with everything that he did. You know, he's a little bit crazy. But, you know, David would not be here if it hadn't been for Samuel. And, and, and Samuel wouldn't be here if it hadn't been for his bitter mother. Yeah. Hannah was bitter. Hannah was mad. The Bible says she could have no children. Read it for yourself in 1 Samuel. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, you're going to see that Hannah was mad Hannah was bitter. Peninnah, who was her husband Elkanah's other wife, had had many children and was bullying Hannah because she was barren. And the Bible said that Peninnah bullied her so much that she cried, she wept, and she did not eat. And if you read 1 Samuel, there is a verse in 1 Samuel chapter 1 that says this, and Hannah was bitter and she prayed. <laughs> she was hot, firing, mad. She was upset. She was upset at Peninnah. She was upset at God. And she went to the house of God and she was bitter in her spirit. And she prayed. You can pray bitter. Here's, a, here's our problem. We get bitter and we shut up. 
only difference between most of us in this room and Hannah is that when Hannah was bitter, she went to church. When Hannah was bitter, she found a place of prayer. When Hannah was mad, when Hannah was hurting, when Hannah had been bullied, and Hannah was in a place of straight disheaval, she came to the house of God, and she found an altar, and she prayed. She prayed so hard, so loud, so crazy, that the pastor of the church thought she was drunk. And he came to her and said, woman, why would you get drunk and come in here to church and pray? Because a, a sober person would not be saying what you're saying. A person in their right mind would not be praying like you're praying. He said, daughter, oh daughter of Bilal, why are you here doing all this? And she said, I, oh no, 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 I am not a daughter of Bilal. Here's what she says. She says, I have spoken to the Lord out of the abundance of my complaint. My, my, my. Would you put that on the screen for me real quick? Because uh, some of y'all are looking at me like you don't believe me. And that's good. That's good. I, I love it when people do that. Because I love to say I told you so in the, Bible, in the scripture. Hmm. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 1, start in verse 10. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10 says this, And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord. She was in bitterness of soul and prayed. That's so good. And wept sore. And she vowed a vow, and she said, O Lord of hosts, if you will look indeed upon the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me and, and not forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. And now Hannah, she spake in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. So he thought she was drunk. And Elias said unto her, how long will you be drunken? Put away your wine from you. And Hannah answered and said, no, Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thy handmaid as for a daughter of Belial. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. When's the last time you prayed out of the abundance of your complaint? What is your complaint? You're going through an 88 and you have a complaint. David had a complaint. His complaint was, Lord, when I'm struggling, I can't even find you. That's pretty tough. That's a pretty good complaint. But he spoke out of the abundance of his complaint and grief. Let me, let me just give you a word here today. Can I give you a word here today? Go to verse 17. And Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. That's all she needed to hear. 
That's all she needed to hear. Just leave it there for a second because I'm going to read the next scripture. That's all she needed to hear. She just needed to hear a word from God. When she spoke out of the abundance of her complaint and spoke out of the abundance of her grief, the word came forth from the prophet of God, from the man of God, who said unto her, go in peace. Oh, that's what she needed. She needed peace. Go in peace and the God of Israel grant you what you've been asking for. Because she was living in an 88. 87 was yesterday. And after I get this miracle, 89's coming. But I'm living in 88 right now. I'm living in the Lord, where are you moment. Lord, what are you doing moment. Lord, I have no answers moment. Lord, this is crazy moment. Lord, I don't even know what's going on moment. That's the moment I'm living in. But there's a miracle in this moment. I said, there's a miracle in this moment. There's a miracle in this season. There's something to be had here in this moment. Out of the abundance of your heart, you spoke. Out of the abundance of your complaint, you spoke. So daughter, you can have it. Verse 18, she said, let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. Watch this. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Did you catch it? Did you catch that? She ate and she was happy before they ever got back to the house. Because the Bible says when they came to the house, he knew her and the Lord remembered her. She was eating and happy before they ever went back to the house. Without a baby in her belly, she rejoiced because all she needed was a word. A word. A word is enough. A word is enough for me to put a smile on my face, joy in my heart, and a dance in my step. All I need is a word. Say, so, well, you ain't even been back to the house yet. That's, that's fine. We're going to get there. But all I needed was to hear God say something to me. All I needed was to hear God speak to me one more time. I just need to know that God is present in my chaos. Would you stand with me? <clears throat> in just a few moments, we're going to worship. About 15, 20 minutes from now, we're going to go into a time of worship. We're going to enter our worship service and we're going to give God praise and we're going to shout. And we're going to give God glory. And we're going to believe steadfastly that 89 is coming. But we are not going to discount 88 and pretend like it's not happening. I don't, I don't have a whole lot of fake in me. Some of you know that very well. Sometimes it embarrasses my wife. Because I'm just, I just don't, I just don't play fake games with people. I'm just who I am all the time. And I'm not trying to pretend like this church isn't battling hell right now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to pretend and be like, hey, everything's great, y'all. Let's have a good church. Amen. No, it's, it's not that way. We're facing some difficult times. We're facing some difficult moments. There's some, there's some hard questions that have to be answered. And there's some hard conversations that still need to happen.
We're, we are there. We're in the middle of 88 right now. And I'm not the guy, I'm not that guy to come here and put a fake smile on my face and just pretend. But I'm also not the guy who's going to set a tent up in 88. You hear me? Listen, 88, 88 doesn't have an amen or a selah. Because an amen, an amen means so be it. Oh, See, if I, could, if I had about 20 more minutes, I could really preach right here. If I had somebody on the organ right now, but it's Bible study. But, but can I tell you, we're not setting up shop in 88. There's no amen and there's no selah. We're not, we're not amen in this moment. There's an amen in 87. There's an amen in 89. There's an amen and amen in 89, but there's no amen in 88. We're not staying here. We are here, absolutely. This is a problem, absolutely. We're going to deal with it, absolutely. But church, we're moving on. There's an 89 coming. There's a glorious day on the horizon. The sun will shine again. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming in the morning. The devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. We're not going to set up shopping. There's no amen in 88. We're going on. We're moving on. We're going on to the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And I will sing of your love forever. Can you pray with me? God, I thank you for your word this morning. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.